This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Can making a list help you launch a less stressful life? The list producer, Paula Rizzo, says yes, it can. And we're going to talk about it right here, right now on Polly Campbell Simply Said. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. I'm Polly, and this is Simply Said. And you know, living well often starts with establishing good habits, things that we talk a lot about here on this show that move us toward our goals and help us identify what we want to create in our lives. And for me, you know, if you've listened at all, that comes down to that starts with a list and ends with a list. Usually I have development lists for work and personal things I want to learn about. I have fitness and health lists. I have grocery lists and dream lists. And on this show, we talk a lot about gratitude and optimism. And, you know, I have lists for those too. But today we are going to talk about lists in a little different way, about how we can use them in our life, not just to get stuff done, but to create the lives we want. And to help us is the list producer herself, Paula Rizzo. Hello, Paula. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. Paula is the founder of listproducer.com and the author of Listful Thinking, Using Lists to Be More Productive, Highly Successful, and Less Stressed, and other books. She's helped thousands of people do what we're going to talk about today and become a manager of our lives in a way that helps us feel alive and engaged in whatever we're creating. Paula is also a media trainer, strategist, and consultant. And that's where you started, isn't it, Paula? Weren't you in TV? And and is this where this idea of listing came to be for you? Absolutely. My background is in, in TV production. I'm an Emmy award-winning television producer. And Fantastic. I spent many years, yes, I spent many years producing TV uh, in New York City, both local and national news. And if I learned anything about being a producer, it was you have to use your list. You have to be organized because if you missed your deadline, you don't have a career in television. So I had to be very, very clear on how I was going to get those things done. And I realized, hey, this could work in other aspects of my life, too. And do you use it personally? Do you use it for everything? Like, oh, you, you heard my list. I mean, I have pages going around here because I do it all analog. I'm a real writer. How do uh -huh. you make yours? I do too. I have a, a, a list that I make every day, my to-do list at the end of every single day. I write down everything I have to do for the next day and I keep it right next to me. I use a steno pad and I did the same thing when I worked in TV. And now that I work for myself, I find that to be the most helpful to have a rundown so that I can look and say, okay, where is this day supposed to go? Let me look here. I make other lists in other places though. I heard your list of lists, uh, you know, the dream <laughs> list and the gratitude list. Sometimes I'll use some digital tools or, you know, even put something on my computer or whatever, but my to-do list has to be pen and paper. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Now, does this add more stress? Does making lists, is it one more thing we have to do? Does it add to our stress? 
<laughs> Here, I'm giving you homework, right? <laughs> no, uh, actually, what it does is it is a stress reliever because so often we feel like there's so much we have to do and you keep it in your head. And then when you just sit down and you actually write it out and you say, okay, what do I actually have to do? Sometimes you see, all right, I don't really have to do that much. I was sort of building it up in my mind. And this is much easier to see it on paper. Maybe you don't have to do every single thing today. And so that really helps you to kind of see all the different pieces of like, where where can I fit this into my day? Where can I fit this into my week? Can I give this to somebody else? Um, carp, um, what is the word I'm looking yeah, for? Um, I'm Compartmentalize. <laughs> Compartmentalize. I was racing through for it too. <laughs> I like that notion because... Because when I have to hold it all in my head, I find it takes a lot of my mental and physical energy, truly, to circle mm. back around and, and to remember what I'm supposed to be remembering. When it's on paper, I can kind of release it or on the computer, however you do it. There's not a wrong way. But, but when I can go back to my list, then I don't have to hold it all in my head. I can relax a little bit. Yeah, it just really makes you feel a lot better because then that way you're not what just what you said, remembering to remember. That's the yeah. stress right there. That's such stress. Okay, listful thinking. What I found really interesting about this book, and I read a lot of books for this show, and I started reading this. I was going to skim it so I was prepared, and I got completely sucked in. I'm <laughs> doing the exercises. I read it. Now I'm going back through it and using it myself because what you talk about is right up our alley here on Simply Said. You talk about using a list not just to keep track of what we have to get done, but as a as a tool for shaping our lives, really. You talk about producing our lives through listful thinking. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I wrote Listful Thinking, my first book as a producer when I was working in television because I saw how wonderful lists could be uh, and I was not using them as much at home. And when I started to do that, I saw, okay, things are changing here. I didn't want to do it because I felt like, oh, this feels like so much work. That's what I do at work. That's not going to be fun. But I saw a real change. I saw a difference. And then the first year that I was promoting that book, um, you know, I was saying yes to everything. I was like, yep, I'll do that speaking engagement. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. And I completely burnt myself out. Uh, and actually my appendix burst, uh, wow. right after that. Yeah. I mean, it's not caused by stress. They don't know why this happens, but what I was doing was ignoring myself. I was ignoring the signs. I was ignoring my health. And so after that happened, then I got the idea for my second book, which is listful living, which has a lot of different exercises, as you mentioned in there to be able to say, okay, how do I now design my life and my day for me? Because when I came back from uh, being sick, I was like, I can't do everything the way that I used to do it. Listful living, I may have had them mixed up, but that's your newest. Is that correct? That's right. That's yes. right. Okay. Listful living and listful thinking. But listful living is the one, uh, well, we're talking about all of them, but listful living is the one I've been really going into. One of the things you say in that book, which I think is so smart, is before we get too far along, you got to know your baseline. You got to know where you're at. Yep. Tell us how to do that. How do we think about that? It's very important to see where are you with your stress levels and your productivity now. And to be able to do that, you have to watch yourself. Literally, you just have to observe and say, okay, at the end of the day, how do I feel? What does that list look like? Am I feeling accomplished? Do I feel drained? What are the stressors maybe around me? Who are the people I worked on projects with that now I don't want to do projects with anymore? <laughs> you know, just to be very clear and uh, very honest with yourself. 
I was surprised at some of the things you brought up in that section. One of the things you talk about is knowing your environment. No, and by the way, listeners, the the exercises in this book, you write right in the book, you mark it up. They're they're very thought provoking, but simple. You're not asking people to sit down and do two hours a page. You're just asking people to jot out their immediate feelings about things. Cause a lot of the stuff we know, but we haven't gone back to pay attention to how we know it or what we like or don't like anymore. So exactly. that was really useful. But some of the things surprised me, you say, take stock of your environment. What makes you feel good? The beach, the mountains, the, the outdoors, indoor, you know, why are things like that essential? Why do we need to take an inventory of all this stuff? It really does affect your productivity, you know? I mean, I think a lot of people realized this during the pandemic when when everybody had to work from home and, uh, you know, working at your kitchen table was not exciting. And, you know, you were distracted because everybody in your family was running by in front of you. And people very, very quickly came to see, oh, I'm not productive when I sit there. I see. Uh, you know, and so this is something that I had explored before the pandemic happened. And so for me, I felt like, all right, I'm, I'm good to go here. I feel ready. Um, because I really had tapped into my own personal productivity style, which I do talk about in the book. And it's important to know yourself and to really lean into that. And, you know, you can't always change the environment around you, right? If you're working in corporate America and you work in an office, I mean, I get it. I worked in TV news for a very long time in a cubicle with a zillion other people in the room all, you know, fighting for, uh, you know, everybody's on the phone at the same time, everybody's doing things and you just like hear lots of noise. It's very difficult to, uh, you know, really create things in that environment unless you can zone out. So you can't always prepare for those types of things or change the environment. But when you can, it really makes a huge difference. I've worked at home for years and years. I'm a, I'm a, professional writer and and podcaster. So I've been at home for years when COVID brought my husband home and my daughter home and all that. These people, some friends of mine who always thought this was the lavish lifestyle, right? Working <laughs> at home in your sweats. And they yep. also began working at home. And guess what? Many of them decided it wasn't for them, right? When you finally in the trenches, are those the variables that are really going to work for you and make you feel good in your life? Not only get stuff done, but we work so much, we might as well try to cultivate the circumstances that allow us to feel good while we're doing it. What changes did you make after writing this book, Any? Did you identify things within your style that, that you now do differently? I did. You know, I, my schedule when I first started working for myself, so I left TV news now at this point about five years ago. Um, and when I was writing this book, I was about a year out, I'd say working for myself, you know, it's totally different when it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the wild west, you can work whenever you want, uh, or not. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna look at this as the same way that I did. when I worked in TV, I'm gonna work Monday through Friday, and I'm gonna open my schedule from this time to that time and let everybody, you know, make appointments with me. And I mean, I was exhausted. I don't know <laughs> who I talked to. I don't know what we talked about. I was just, it was too much. And I thought, okay, this needs to change a little bit. And I was very good about creating a schedule for myself, even working in television to say, okay, these are the days that I do interviews in the studio. These are the days that I do interviews in the field where I'll leave the office and go do these things. So I was very particular. I said, I need to do the same thing for myself now that I work for myself. And I really created 
buckets of time where I would do meetings. I still use it to this day. You know, I really only do meetings 1130 and 1 p.m. Eastern time. Those are the two times. And that's changed since I, I wrote the book. You know, in the book, I think there was one more one more appointment. I cut that one out because mm. uh, I felt like, you know, it's draining. And people learned is I'm always on Zoom. And that is how I do my business as a media trainer. I work with a lot of authors. I work with a lot of, you know, experts and people who are it, it takes a lot out of you to be talking to that camera all day. So I, I had to cut back a little bit, but it really, you know, was, was looking at myself and saying, what, what would make me feel better every day if I did these things? Um, you know, even, even how I schedule like my Monday, my Tuesday, my Wednesday, I have very specific ways to do that. Yeah. I think that's smart. I love that you include your schedule in the book to give us an example. And, you know, you touched on your burst appendix and I know that wasn't caused by stress, but often we push down the things that are making us not feel good and we ignore them and think, oh, I just got one more meeting or I just got one more deadline. And we don't get that many more deadlines if we keep doing that, right? We do collapse into burnout or exhaustion or some other illness. And, and I think shaping our life in the way that you talk about with these lists and these thoughts and this uh, reflection time is super important and interesting. And you write about creating your ideal. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about using lists to design our ideal day, our ideal life with Paula Rizzo, the list producer and the author of Listful Living. We'll be right back on Polly Campbell Simply Said on the best business network of Electricast. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. And we are back. I'm Polly and you're listening to Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good and be happy. And today we're with the list producer, Paula Rizzo, and she has written uh, several books on creating lists and shaping your life. One is Listful Thinking. And the one we're going to get into next is called Listful Living. And it's really about using the structure of lists to understand ourselves better so we can create the lives we want to live. Paula, welcome back to the show. I was hitting you up before we went to break about how to use these lists and, and these reflections we talk about and you take us through in your book to design our ideal life. Is this like creating a vision board of lists? How do you classify this and talk about it? I like to look at it as a kindness that you do to yourself. Mm, love that. Because we're so stressed. We have so many things on our list, right? And then you have to do this and you have to do that. And, and so this way we look at ourselves and say, what do I truly want? What would I like my life to look 
like, right? At the end of the day, how do I want to feel? And making a list of that. And I very much did this, even, you know, writing a letter to myself. There's an exercise in the in the book about that. It was about writing a, a letter to yourself in the future. It could be a year. It could be whenever you want to say, this is how I hope my life looks. And that way you're able to sort of design it that way because you know what gets you excited in the morning. You know what does not. You know what's draining for you. And it's nice to be able to make these lists and then be able to say, okay, now I need to put this into motion. It's not enough to just make the list. I, I mean, I, I wish that were the case. I wish it were that easy. <laughs> yeah, me too. That that I'd love to. But you know, I do, I do totally agree with you. And I think that once we see it on the page and whatever that page is for you, if it's a computer file or notes app or paper, I do mine on paper. Um, it brings us into the awareness that it's possible. And when that possibility lives, we start unconsciously creating those things. When I think oh, I want to live healthier, then I'm less likely to buy the chips or the donuts at the store, right? It, it brings it into our awareness of where we can create that to some degree. And, and you know, I, I am a big believer in that, that, that if you put it, I, I say it all the time, it's kind of woo woo, but if you put it out to the universe, then we don't know exactly what happens with that energy, but it does circle around us. And, and I think making a list is putting it out to the universe. Even when today, <laughs> today I was having a moment with my teen daughter and I made, I listed how I wanted to be when she got up in the morning because I knew, I, I suspected what she was bringing. I didn't have time to write a whole story about it or anything. So I just made a note, like, what is my intention for the day? And yeah. it, we had a great morning together. And it just helped me be more anchored in the energy I wanted to bring, I think. Do you see stuff like that happening? I am with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way. It is very much about intention setting. I mean, it could be really, you know, that you have to get milk for the day. That's an intention you have to set that that's on your to-do list, you know, or how you want to show up in a conversation, how you want to show up uh, at a meeting. It's, it's important to really ground yourself in that and think through and plan it ahead. Because as you know, things happen and the day goes on and that's it. Like you get wrapped up and you get rolled into it, but having some rules for yourself. I love a good rule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really does help because otherwise the day is not yours, right? Uh, you know, I, I found that to be the case when I used to do a lot of uh, networking events. You know, the, when I worked in television, I would do a lot of networking events, especially when then my book came out and I would be working all day and then going to all these events and all these things. And I had to sort of put a, put a stop to it afterwards and say, I'm only doing one or two things after work, you know? And then if those are taken for this week, the answer is no. There's a boundary that you have to set. And I look at it as, oh, I'm not missing out. I'm being kind to myself because I want to be able to be energized and to feel good when I actually do go to these events. Absolutely. And I think if you're serious about your work, if you're serious about your life, there have to be boundaries. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. True. We cannot continue to do what we love to do. I did this um, last year and I, I have to say it was super hard for me. But after my last book came out, I was in the flurry that comes with writing. And it, it's great. You know, I love my job. So I'm very lucky. But I was in this flurry. And what I realized is I was so tapped out by the end of the day when it was my technical writing time that the one thing I really wanted to do never got done. I was too tired to actually do the work that I do. And so I restructured my schedule and I'll tell you what, Paula, I struggled with that. I, I start, I did 
the writing first thing in the morning, because that's when I'm best at it, and then mm -hmm. say no to other things. And I also took Friday solely for writing, which meant no meetings, no coffee with my friends, which I didn't do a whole lot anyhow during the day, but not, nothing extracurricular, even if it was related to my job. And that meant I had to tell people no, and it was tricky for me in the beginning. Yeah. What I found is having that list then helped me stay true. You said it, it's kind of the rule and mm -hmm. and it, it kind of helps us stay on track, I, I found. Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And after a while, it starts to feel good, actually, you know, to set those boundaries and to see that actually this works when I start to do this. And I do the exact same thing. Friday is my creativity day. And I, I actually I wrote Listful Living on Fridays because I had client work and all this other stuff during the week. And I said, OK, well, when can I actually isolate time to go through and write this book? And so I did it on Fridays. And then after the book was written and done, I said, I actually really loved that. I'm going to keep that time yeah. isolated for me for creativity. Uh, and now I've written a, a novel. So I'm working on, Fantastic. on that. And that time really, you know, it really comes in handy. But I had to just recently this weekend, I had to shut the whole world off and go on a little writing retreat of my own uh, for three days. Because to your point, you can't get anything done when everything else is happening. <laughs> yeah. So I needed to just sort of like isolate that and say no to everything else so that I could get some edits done. How do you do with your uh free time or your time away from work. Do you list that out too? Do you keep track of when you want to exercise or go on a trip or be with a friend or? Yeah, it drives my husband crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I find that it makes it easier for me, especially we love to travel. And I find that if I do a lot of the prep work ahead, then when I'm actually on the trip, I have my, okay, this is where we're going for dinner. Okay, this is what we're, we're doing for these days. And I just sort of follow the list and I feel much more you know, just like it, it, it's easier. It's nicer to be able to relax that way. Instead of, for me, it's stressful to show up and not know, oh gosh, what restaurant are we going to? And I didn't check any of the Google reviews. And so I don't know that stresses me <laughs> out. So you have to know yourself. Yeah. I think you have to know yourself. My husband will make his list on the back of a gum wrapper and <laughs> he still carries it with him and he still, eat, right? There are little things you have to know yourself. And for me, this approach definitely works. I really like, um, being more in touch with what I am actually doing in my life. I think it's very hard to, to, live a happy life if we're constantly working against our values. So on this show, we talk a lot about values list because when you know what your values are, it makes every other decision so much easier because does that fit? No, then I'm cutting that out, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Ease is one of my values. I did a, a values mm. exercise with a friend of mine and ease came up that is as great. very high on my list. And I said, you know, it makes perfect sense because I do try to design my life this way. And and the day after I did the workshop with her, um, her name is Cass McCrory, and she she's wonderful. And she does a lot of these, you know, values workshops. And she uh, it was in my brain because I was leaving on a vacation the next day. And I said, I'm, I'm doing the packing and I'm really, really trying to get it into that carry on. You know, I was like, I really <laughs> tried. I really tried. And then I stopped myself and I said, wait a minute, if my value is ease why am I knocking myself out right now? I'm going to just get the bigger suitcase, put everything in there. Everything will easily fit in here and I will just check the bag. That is easy. It's fine. And I just felt so much better. But when you check back in with yourself on that, it just makes such a difference. I love that example. Yes, because I've 
fall into the category where I force a lot of things, right? I'm running late or I take one extra call or I, I try to get one more blurb or I do whatever it is, you know, try to hustle my daughter, have too much on our schedule, whatever it is. And um, forcing it is not a, uh, is not a comfortable way to live life. Nope. No, not going to do that anymore. Pick up listful living. What else are you working on, Paula? I, so I am working on a novel, which is very exciting, very different, you know, nonfiction and fiction. Uh, you know, this is my first go at fiction. So it's been a learning experience and really fun, I have to say. It's sort of been like my little side project that I do on the side, but I'm trying to make it now come to the forefront because, uh, you know, it can't just be this thing that I do kind of on the side. This is a legit thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on that and I work with a lot of authors. I created a new program for authors and uh, media training called Media Ready Author. Um, and yeah, I just uh, have a bunch of LinkedIn learning courses that I've created about lists, of course. I have a few more coming out soon about productivity. And, uh, you know, I just love being able to help people have a little bit of an easier time. You know, our lives don't need to be so hard. We don't need to be so tough on ourselves. Like, give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. We don't need to be so hard on ourselves. It took me a long time to start practicing and learning that. I don't think people should wait this long. You <laughs> could get it long before I did, and it makes things open up. And you find you, you end up in the place you need to go anyhow. It might surprise you, but you're probably going to be happier there anyhow. So, List Producer, where can we find you? Yes, I use List Producer as my handle everywhere. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course. And if you go to paularizzo.com slash lists, you can get my list making starter kit. Oh, uh, cool. Check out the books, of course. All right. Where do we start today before we log out of here? Where if, if somebody's listening to us today and they're thinking, yeah, I need to I, I'm interested in this idea. I want to start shaping. What's a good way to start? Do you sit down with pen and paper? I would. And I would just make a list of the, the, the things that you would like to feel at the end of the day. How would you like to feel? I love that. And that alone will be really helpful because then you'll be able to compare it to how you actually feel. Yeah. All right. Simply start today. Sit down and make a list about the qualities you'd like to feel by the end of the day, your mood, your energy level. How do you want to feel at the end of the day? And then go pick up Listful Living by Paula Rizzo. Anywhere books are sold or head to our listproducer.com website. You can find me at paulycampbell.substack.com or paulycampbell.com and everywhere else. You know how to track me down. My newest book is You Recharged and you can pick that up wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening today, Paula. Thanks for joining us. Fantastic. I'm going to pull out the book and go back to making lists as soon as we're done here love it thank you and remember listeners simply start today by gaining some sense of your baseline where you're at and figuring out what you want to create in your life next that will help us all live well do good and be happy are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. 
I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast.